This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. As soon as I was talking about that final minute, I was like, oh, man, we got to bring up the Jermaine Pratt issue situation that I felt like it was a fumble, should have counted, but it didn't, didn't matter. They still won the game 22 to 18, which is just a wild score to think about. None of us had 22 to 18. Scoregami. Yes. First time was, that ever happened. That's so wild. Uh, you know, we always have prediction at the end of our podcast. I think I said like 27 to 17. So not not even close to that 22 to 18. Uh, but kind of moving on to the defensive side of the ball. And already talked about it that last minute. They obviously get the ball. They punch it out. And just unbelievable. Can we just talk about Lou and this defense again? They just always have another life. I wanted to go back to this when you, we were having the um, let them score debate. Lou's never going to do that, first of all, because he didn't do it for the Chiefs. <laughs> if you're not going to let the Chiefs score, you're not going to let anybody score. Like, that's the that's the end of it. I mean, maybe, maybe if you've given up, like, 45 points in this game and you just can't figure it out, let them score, I guess. But as long as Lou has life, I mean, the Patriots are still, what, in the teens of points. So, yeah, I wouldn't let them score either, you know, it's just – we're going to play defense and I know they were getting beat up a little bit on that drive, but we're going to toughen up. We're going to, it's going to get harder and harder for you to score as you get to the red zone. That's why red zone offense is its own situation. So the closer you get, the more these areas get constricted and uh, they're going to tighten up and play some good defense. And that punch from Von Bell was beautiful. I mean, perfectly punching the ball. I know those things look terrible when these guys miss and sometimes even get flagged because they like punch the player in the stomach or something because they're going for the ball. They're going for the ball. And that's what it looks like when you perfectly land one of those. So yeah, shout out to Von Bell, but shout out Lou Anarumo with another, just another defense carried in the end. And that's just, that's a little bit of the theme of the, of the team. It's this offense is awesome, but push comes to shove. This defense is what stands up. Did they have, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, did they have the timeout right before that? I don't know. <laughs> I, just, I felt like they, because it was like first and goal. It was the first and one. Then they got the first and goal. And it was like, it just happened. I want to feel like it happened right after that. I could be wrong. The timeout could have been two I'm plays. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to try to look it up for you. So you're asking if they had a timeout right before the turnover? Yeah, because I, I, I wonder if that's what they talked about on the sideline. Because, you know, they're practicing that in, on defense. They're like, punch the ball out, get the ball out. They took the ball out of Mac Jones's hands. That pretty much told you what they thought of him. Like, this guy cannot throw. We're just going to run it right in. And did they? Timeout number three was right before a Ramondre Stevenson carry for two yards. And then it was first and goal. So they took the timeout on third and one. And then they got the first down and then the fumble happened. So 
don't think they're letting them score uh, when you look at it. Uh, that Maybe they had the discussion, but I'm sure that Luan Aruma was just such a guy that would just like, no, we're going to get this ball. <laughs> oh, no, I would never, ever think Lou would want to do that. My thing is I was thinking when I look back, I'm like, did they take that timeout right at first and goal? Um, and that's when they punched the ball out. But I couldn't remember going back if the timeout was two plays ahead. But, yeah, I just – Lou's never going to have that mindset. Um, it's absolutely insane to think that way. He believes in his defense. And we honestly – we should believe in this defense. You can go back to – go back to the playoffs last year, go to the wild card game, Jermaine Pratt, the final drive for the Raiders. I feel like the Raiders would have gone for two um, if they would have scored a touchdown and Jermaine Pratt stopped them right then and there. You go to the Titans game. You think the game is over. They get, they get a tipped interception. Uh, defense turns it around. You go to the AFC championship game. They find a way to get an interception in overtime. And right after the whole debate about how overtime is uh, whoever wins the coin flip, they yep. get the turnover and win the game by lo- after losing the coin flip. So, yeah. I mean, and and, and if, if they didn't get that flag in the Super Bowl and Logan Wilson, they're probably we're probably giving the MVP to the on the defensive side of the ball. It's just absolutely... I think I would have given it to T. I don't know if we've talked would about you? this. Two touchdowns. You... Yeah, I know you're. That would have been a fun debate. That would have been a fun conversation. Uh, but man, I, I don't I was I was feeling it right there. If Logan Wilson, which he did make the play, just didn't count that he made the play. Not going back to that. Yeah, who but wins he, it? Who wins it on defense if you do give it to somebody over there? I give it to Logan. You give it to Logan? Just get that pick. I feel like it that's the play, man. That's the play. Because they only had to stop him one more time after that. And I feel very confident in Lou to stop him. I know Cooper Cup's on the other side and he was the one that got the touchdown. But I um, guess if yeah, if he if Logan Wilson gets the pass breakup on Cooper Cup forces the fourth down and they stop him there let's say it's not an outstanding type play you know ball just you know falls short or something i don't know uh but anyway um yeah i could see logan winning it basically the santonio holmes uh win where it's like that guy just made such an outstanding play to win the game that yeah he's gonna win the whole thing same reason that uh joe burrow probably wins mvp if he gets that extra half second hits jamar and now we'll stop talking about the uh super bowl moving on point is the defense always gives this team a shot. And I, I, I was speaking about the AFC championship game. You can go back to Sam Hubbard almost getting the ball in regulation to just end it right then and there. They they just always – that's why I feel confident about this team. It's kind of crazy if you think about it because we made it to Christmas and the last loss was Halloween night. And I've talked about it before on this podcast that I felt like the loss against the Browns felt like two L's. You lost Cheeto, your best player, and you lost the game badly to an AFC North team and you haven't won a division game and it looks pretty bleak. Maybe this team doesn't return to the playoffs. And if you would have told me on Halloween night, this team was going to win seven games in a row with a huge Monday night football game coming up, a chance to get the two or one seed outside. Mm, I don't know about that this year when I, I was thinking about October 31st, because that was, that was bad. And just, you know, defensively, the guys that they do have step up, they, they deal with injury. They had Trey Hendrickson playing with a broken wrist out there which is still insane to think about. Cam Sample has stepped up. Zach Carter gets his first career sack out there. Just different guys when it comes to free agents, draft guys, what they've been able to develop. Um, just been really impressed with with what we've seen defensively. And obviously that's a huge credit to what Lou can do. And that gives me confidence when you think of the Buffalo Bills coming to town, when you think they still got to beat Baltimore. Um, it's not going to be an easy last game of the season. You go into the playoffs. I just feel confident that, Yes, this offense I feel is better than they were last year, but I do feel like they have the best defense on the AFC side right now. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, you think of the playoff teams. Patriots defense obviously is very good, although the Bengals were moving the ball really well against them. They still also only scored 22 points, and that's because the Patriots defense is good. Uh, Bengals defense is great. Obviously, the Chiefs aren't going to be in that conversation. I don't think the Bills are in that conversation with Von Miller out. Dolphins definitely not in that conversation. They, they're they an offense team. Uh, I guess the Jets maybe, but I, I feel like – I would take the Bengals defense over the Jets. Maybe that's a homer take. And they might also just not make the playoffs. <laughs> the Chargers, no. Bengals defense. I'm just trying to go through the teams in my head. And then Titans, Jags, don't care which one you go with. Uh, I'd take the Bengals defense over that. And I'd take the Bengals defense over the Ravens. So I guess, yes, out of at least the playoff teams, uh, Bengals defense is the best unit. And arguably, I don't know if you'd give them the top offense, but they're top three, I think. Yeah. yeah. And- yeah, uh, uh, shout out. I just want to give one. Um, Cam Taylor Britt again. He got picked on a little bit early mm-hmm. on. This is kind of almost becoming a Cam Taylor Britt type game where you get picked on a little bit early, then you step up at the end and you make the you finish the game off with a pass breakup or something good coverage type thing. And he did it again where he got picked on a little bit, and then last play of the game, he steps up, swats the ball down, gets the offense into victory formation. Yeah, he's a beast out there. Uh, it's good to have him back and, and a guy who I just I've been really impressed with his rookie season. And we'll get to more individual players uh, later in the week when I go when you do more of the the film review. Uh, we'll do more of a breakdown on that. I, we have to talk about this because it's on social media. It's the offensive line situation. Lyle Collins, unfortunately, um, there was some optimism that those initial tests that he didn't tear his ACL, but then come to find out uh, Kelsey Conway did report when they got back to Cincinnati, they did the the MRI test and he does have a torn ACL and sources say it's going to be a seven month recovery, meaning his season's over in Cincinnati. And we've talked about him plenty on the podcast where it's been kind of an up and down year, but you want Lyle Collins out there, right? Tackle. Uh, That means Hakeem Adeniji is more than likely going to be stepping up in that position. I do think you still need a little more depth at the tackle position. Um, if you are without Lyle Collins, when you think about some of the backups, but maybe, uh, maybe it is, we've used Homer a couple of times on this podcast. Maybe I do feel that Homer uh, situation with the offensive line, but I believe in Hakeem Adeniji. Um, he's had experience at the offensive line last year, obviously played in a Super Bowl. It wasn't his best season. Uh, but I still feel like he can be a de- developmental piece when it comes to the tackle position for this team. And, and I'm optimistic of what we're going to see with him. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, Collins, he just hasn't been there in past pro. It's just, you know, he's falling down a lot. He's he's getting there and then not sustaining type things. He's been decent. Different areas of the run game, different, you know, it's been variable, but, you know, he's been moving guys. So that's the big thing is that he's one of the biggest movers. That's what you're going to miss the most with the Denigy is Collins' power and ability to just displace these guys on double teams with Kappa. And the other thing I think you'll miss is this offensive line obviously took forever, but it was gelling. And I think now you've got the one, you got to switch out 
the right tackle. So now right tackle, right guard might have a little bit of communication issues for a couple of games. Who knows? Or maybe right tackle doesn't hear the center call or misses a center call. You know, just the things that we were seeing early on when Law Collins doesn't block Micah Parsons and it's just like a communication breakdown. So hopefully it's not a lot of that, but that's something that could come up. Um, I think those are the things you'll miss with Collins. Well, I don't think you're missing. I, I don't think it's that steep of a drop-off in pass protection, which is going to be the most important area protecting the quarterback, Joe Burrow, although these power runs to the right have been awesome. So we'll see if they can continue. But, yeah, I'm excited to go back and watch. So I've been able to uh, just to see how Adenzi looked. I know Pro Football Focus didn't like him. I thought live watching it was a mixed bag, but we will see uh, how it is when I go back and watch. Um, other than that, we can get to the Whitworth thing now. If this team was making any change at offensive tackle, I don't think Whitworth is in the top three people. And if it's my money, I don't think they're making a change at all because you think of last year and they didn't go sign a tackle and expect them to make some playoff run with them. I just, the Whitworth thing is crazy to me because I've heard him talk on podcasts and it feels like an, a very freshly closed wound in general. He wanted to stay in Cincinnati and they were offering him one year and kind of crap. So he, it took everything in him to leave. And then it felt like when he left, I've, I heard him on the Cam Hayward podcast when they mentioned coaching and other things, I think he said something like, I'd rather stay in Los Angeles where it's sunny. Like he doesn't love the cold either. He's a Louisiana guy. So you got to think about that too. Or, you know, yes, he played in Cincinnati. Yes, he can deal with the cold. Does he want to? And also it's a right tackle spot that's open, not a left tackle. You could move Jonah, but now you're making him worse by moving him to right tackle and also probably making him upset just to fix your right tackle spot when there are viable right tackles on the market in a way there's a reason they're also free agents so you know it's not like these guys are going to come in and be hall of fame level and the last thing that of my thoughts on whitworth are you have to be in a certain shape uh to play especially offensive tackle in the nfl and i don't think he's doing crazy lifting and stuff to stay in that shape to come out of retirement um i just i don't see it like i would be shocked if Whitworth came and signed with the Bengals, because also there's the minutia of he has to get out of a deal with Amazon and he has to get out of a deal with the Rams who he is still under contract for. So the Rams have to waive him and the Bengals have to pick him up. It's, I don't see it happening. It's not going to happen. I feel a 99.9% .9 chance that Andrew Whitworth is not coming back to Cincinnati. First, I thought it was a little bit of a joke on social media. And Me too. That, it, but I tweeted it out, and I've got all these replies saying, like, it's not that far-fetched. It's like, yes, it is. What do you mean? Just because you can Photoshop his jersey back on him, which I guess you don't even have to Photoshop it because you have old uh, uh, Andrew Whitworth Bengals photos. It, it's just, I just don't see it happening. Cincinnati doesn't work that way. And I'm not saying because the front office doesn't do moves. They've obviously done those over the last three years. Uh, it's just, they've, they've moved on. And if you're Andrew Whitworth, hey, look, maybe you will want to come back. There are coaches who go into broadcasting who end up saying, I want to be a coach again. See Sean Payton, who will more than likely be a head coach next year. That happens. And maybe you do get that competitive bug back in you. But at the same time, your Amazon season one is going to be in the books on Thursday night. Don't you want to just enjoy a semi-regular postseason? Watch the watch it from home. Enjoy some time off. Get get that retirement life a little bit after uh, your first broadcasting season's over. And like you mentioned, the Rams stuff, the contracts. I just it 
it's just not going to happen. Um, I, I thought it was really funny at first. And then, you know, as you move on to 24 hours later, it's like it stopped being a joke. It started like people just start believing what they were saying. It's like, yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Also just, I, I, I have not inspected him carefully, but these offensive linemen often lose weight pretty quickly because you have to eat and work out so much to stay at a smooth 300 pounds. Uh, if he's at like, 280 or 270 that's what's he doing to put on 20 pounds of muscle real quick you know it's like he he's getting on the the chris hemsworth <laughs> workout plan getting in the thor body real quick so you gotta do that in two weeks you know the, the chris pratt or something i don't know i i i saw malik wright mention one name that i thought was interesting which was brian balaga who didn't really he was a little injury prone and I don't think, I think he disappointed in LA. He was a very good right tackle for the Packers before that. That one's more interesting to me, but my money's just on nothing. They're just going to roll with a Denigy, I think, or if a Denigy disappoints, they'll flip it to Isaiah Prince. It's like, they've got a few in-house options that I think they like. And just like last year, they rolled with the in-house guys. Last thing on Whitworth is if he was going to play this year, why wouldn't he have just played for the, the Dallas Cowboys when Tyron Smith got hurt before the season? And I'm sure there would have been less hoops to jump through and he would have been closer to playing shape. And it's in a warm weather and he's, you know, inside a dome, you know, like, and they'd probably offer him plenty of money to come out of retirement to go do that. But uh, he has that relationship with the Bengals. I just think that relationship's a little bit more fractured than the fans are letting on. I will just say this about Andrew Whitworth, amazing human being. We all know that, did great things. Um, and believe me, I would love Andrew Whitworth on this team. He is a gym and absolutely amazing. It's just, it's just not good. I mean, I feel very confident in saying I don't think this is happening, and I think everybody needs to be realistic, and I agree with you. Um, I don't really see another move happening. I will tell you this. Some some people are tweeting this. Or I actually got one tweet about it on uh, Twitter. Jackson Carmen is not going to be the right uh. The right tackle. He's not. He has to be a worse option. This is a this isn't a one in fourteen team trying to see what they have in a guy. The guy's done. I don't want to be too bad about it. The guy's terrible. Like he's been out there. He's tried left guard. He's tried right guard. He's tried tackle. He's been crap at all these positions. Stop trying to force it. The guy sucks. I said it. I said it on Twitter. And normally I don't like to say things on social media that I don't have a hundred percent confirmation on. And I said that's over. I said that's over. He's gone. He's a Smith will get a shot before him. Yeah, he was a healthy scratch all season. That guy is not going to be starting for this team. Um, it would be another guy they pick up off the street. What's more likely, Andrew Hutworth or uh, Jackson Carmen? Oh, my Because <laughs> I'm like 99.9% sure neither are good. No right just tackle. <laughs> they just, they're just eligible tight end on both sides. Who is it? <laughs> Mitch Wilcox, you're going to step up and be part of the offensive line now. Uh, no, Two sample I, comes back. That's more likely. Dude. I and I don't want to be mean like I don't want to be mean to those fans who have those expectations that hey maybe he could come back it, it's I just don't see it happening and then obviously um you know always wish the best to Andrew Whitworth and it's just that's just we're just reality over here we're, we're giving you reality on this podcast that that is more than likely not going to happen but I'm excited about Akeem Adeniji um really hope that uh, he can really show up these last two regular season games and then hopefully a long playoff run but uh, I know you. it's going to be a busy week. I'm really pumped to talk about the Buffalo Bills game later this week. You're going to break down the tape when we get to tomorrow's podcast. So we'll have a couple more out before we get to game time Game time on Monday Night Football. What's up on um, – it's always um, – what's up on 
all Bengals. I was going to call it It's Always Game Day, Cincinnati's uh, website. Ah, uh, man. Uh, so I didn't, yeah, because the game was Christmas Eve. I didn't have an article for Christmas Day just because I took that off. Uh, so there'll be a film article up, probably not by the, definitely not by the time you're listening to this because I haven't even been able to watch again yet because they haven't uploaded it. But, uh, you know, there'll be a film article up pretty soon. Uh, just keep your eyes peeled. I don't know on what yet, but, you know, film article. And I'll I'll stop uh, just talking around it. Good days off, Mike. There's a few days off, and uh, <laughs> Christmas Day is one of them. I, I'm glad it's Monday Night Football next week for the first time because I would have taken New Year's Eve off, <laughs> New Year's Eve slash day off as well. But now that it's you know the Tuesday morning article, there'll probably be a takeaways next week, but none this week. Go check it out. All Bengals. Follow them on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. I'll have a great breakdown over on social media. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs>